Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple of moments and let our soul settle, and if necessary, your your body just relax, put away the things that you might be concerned about, any questions you've got, and just recognize that God is right with you. Everything that you need to meet your needs is right there with you. And if he wanted to meet all your needs, boom, permanently, he could. And the fact that he doesn't means there's something else going on besides just us being happy and healthy and complete. There's something important about the process. So we want to respect the process, that change is part of our being here on this earth that it's valuable, that it has value. Change most often occurs around negative circumstances, challenges. And remember, those challenges happen most often in those three areas, the financial, the relational, and the physical, our health. you want to think on this sometime, just reflect back on your own life. When, when are the times that you really cried out to God when you really needed him? Odds are that it's one of those areas. God creates those circumstances in our lives so that we will turn to him. But he doesn't want us to treat him like a magic something that you rub, magic lantern, and you get your wishes, like all your problems are solved. Generally, he uses these kinds of circumstances to get our attention because we haven't been giving him our attention when things are good. One of the things we are constantly stressing here is to develop habits so that it's no longer a decision to spend time with God, to know him, but it is part of our way of life, our daily schedule, our daily thought process, that we recognize that God is right there, that In spirit, you are already one with him. In spirit, you already have all your questions answered. All your wounds are healed in your spirit. Your spirit actually never had wounds, but your spirit is not influenced by the wounds that you have, either physically or in your soul. 
spirit is one with God right now. So we are complete in him. And that is being worked out from our spirit into our soul and into our body. But God puts us in these situations for us to learn his ways. Not just to know him, but how he does things. He wants us to participate in what he's doing in our lives and in what's going on around us, our circumstances. Not because he needs us to accomplish anything, but because he loves us and our being involved in what he's doing is good for us. So many Christians want the authority of a spirit walk, and yet they don't want the responsibility that comes with it. There's a challenge to each one of us to, as we know God, to allow him to guide our steps, to lead and guide and direct us. Not from a point of, okay, we have to get somewhere, but your soul wants to maintain control. And that's one of the areas that that your soul is really effective is, is resisting change, resisting moving, resisting making decisions. And a lot of this has to do with whatever, how your soul was together, how was put together, how God made you in your soul. Now, he gave you your soul. It's the soul he wants you to have. In its essence, there's nothing wrong Absolutely nothing wrong with the way God made you. Now, left to its own devices, for each of us, our soul has come up with techniques, magic life skills to control its circumstances and how it gets its needs met. God knows this. God knows how your soul works. And he he doesn't really hold it against us that we used whatever was available to keep us from drowning. It's like if your if your boat has sunk and the only life cushion life you know, life saving cushion is, you know, a dead body, you you take that for for what you need. God doesn't blame you, any of us, for doing the best we can. And that's where so many of us are, is we're doing the best we can. It's just not bringing us what our soul really needs, the healing, the connectedness to spirit, the change. So God doesn't let us stay there clinging to death, our old way of doing things, the the best we've got. 
he has a better way. He has his way, the spirit way. One of uh, the challenges of the Christian walk is to is that we should just make it through. Just survive our time here on this earth. And then when we get to heaven, we'll have thrones and crowns and streets of gold and whatever it is you believe. So we put off till then, till we die and go and, you know, whatever it is, be with him. We put off till then what God really wants us to experience now. If you're a believer, if you've been born again, you have already entered the kingdom. The kingdom is in your midst. It's within you. You have already received everything you need for life and godliness. Your needs are already met spiritually. There's just a barrier, a gap, sometimes a Grand Canyon between your soul and your spirit. That's where our focus needs to be. And this is why if we understand his purpose and goal for each one of us, it's not that we live a life of ease or no demands or everything will be great. You know, that, that so often we think, okay, if we're in God's will, every, we have a great life. That that's the way to happiness and health in this life is being in his will. Well, I haven't figured out yet how to be out of his will, but if that's not his goal for us, is that he wants the rain, the rain falls on the just and the unjust, that the, there's adversity ahead for each one of us, regardless of our circumstances, that he will not let us live without being challenged without our soul being challenged, without our beliefs being challenged, without our circumstances being challenged. Because without those things being challenged, we don't know we need him. We don't know that our soul is in control instead of him. He shows us our lack so that he can fulfill it. He shows us our wounds so he can heal us. He shows us the limits of our soul so he can reunite our soul and spirit and return it to eternal life. You have eternal life. You have all the eternal life you're ever going to get in your spirit right now. And your soul was originally created to receive that eternal life. But your soul has been trained to resist it. The exercises, the teachings we so often focus on, that's what we're looking at, is training our soul to receive the eternal life that's being offered now changing our lifestyle, changing our beliefs, changing 
at its essence, our relationship with God. So we are learning how to live as a spirit being that has a soul and lives in a body here on this earth. We don't know what came before. We don't know what's coming in the future. You know, we've got plenty to work with right here on this earth. Let's just focus on that and enjoy the process because it's the process that matters. Again, if God wanted you perfected, he'd, he'd just give it a thought and you'd be perfected. You wouldn't need to go through all the process if the process it wasn't valuable. So I think the process is the most valuable thing. So let's not resist the circumstances that God has us in. Instead, Lord, what's going on here? What am I learning here? What's what's going on? Is this you? Am I, you know, hearing you right? How do I approach this? Just all the different things we've been talking about. And remembering that God is clear and objective. It's not about, you know, we have this idea that we know him by faith. And that means we just believe that we know him. And that we believe that what he's doing is right. Well, God, that's not faith to God. That's, anybody can have that. You don't have to have a Christian, you don't have to be a Christian to believe that everything's going to work out for you. Many religions believe that. Our faith, our religion, is based on a living God a living person who has a spirit personality and draws us, loves us, meets our needs, and makes himself known and real to us on his terms. So, and that's always a great way to measure a teaching or a doctrine. If a non-Christian can believe it, or a non-Christian can do it, it's non-Christian. For example, tithing. You don't have to be a Christian to tithe. And there are blessings, whether you're a Christian or not, to tithing. There's part of the the essence of, of this world is the whole concept of giving. When you give, you receive. It has nothing to do with God. That's part of this world system. So when you're being bombarded by a message, for instance, about tithing, that's a good signal that there's something going on beyond Christianity. And that's just one example. But if a non-Christian can believe it, then it's non-Christian. We want to know God in reality. We want to know him where, to the point where others don't. Go, I just don't believe you. I love how Jesus came, was walking around doing things nobody had ever seen or heard, and it turned the world upside down. That meant something. It means something that nobody had ever seen or heard. No man spoke like this. 
They saw God. They saw Father. This is this is what God looks like. This is what love looks like. And far too often we're much more concerned with church growth or what can we get out of God. And it's not that we are to be concerned with changing the world. That's God's problem. But he may want to use you for your benefit. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he wants to do. And we get to be involved. So part of the challenge is as we are learning how he does things, how he makes himself known to us and and the habits that we can develop objectively to get to know him. We we try to approach knowing him as practically as possible. That's why we came up with these eight steps and are describing when God reveals himself as his personal presence. That that he makes himself known as a person, not a human being, but as an individual who has character, has personality, that he is a real being. We talk about that he's right there, that there is a specific God there. Now, we can't wrap our minds around, well, if he's there, how can he also be over there and over there and over there and doing what he needs to be doing over there? We, we, are, we trap ourselves when we try to understand with a finite mind the infinite that is God. So let it go. And very often in an attempt to understand, we dig ourselves in a hole or, or get so far away from, from land, we, we, have, we get completely lost. So let God reveal himself as he chooses. We don't have to understand. He's under no obligation to explain himself to us or to anyone. Now, the more time you spend with him, the more you will understand him. For good reason. Your soul is becoming more and more one with your spirit, which is, again, already one with God. So we talked about protecting the presence. When, when God comes knocking and you can't open the door, you can't spend time with him, how to protect the presence? Say, you know, Lord, I can't come right now, but could you hold that thought? And we just have that sense, we hold on to that sense without going there, but finishing up what we're doing wisely, prudently, respectfully, and then as soon as we can, we get to the Lord. We open that door. We come in and, and meet with him and sup with him and, and talk with him. Lord, I'm available. What's on your mind? Now, 
again, this is part of the whole process of we get the idea of, okay, well, if God is making himself known, it means we have to stop whatever it is we're doing. Rather than, no, this is a relationship. We talk with God. We, we, he understands, okay, that he's coming at a time when, like the example he uses in the middle of brain surgery, can't stop what you're doing saying, I've got to go pray. I've got to go meet with God. Hold that thought. No, you finish what you're doing first. And you don't have any guilt about it. You don't have any, maybe I shouldn't be a brain surgeon. You don't have any qualms or questions. You go, okay, Lord, thank you for waiting. You know, what's, what's up? God is a person, and he's a gentleman, and he is respectful of, this, of the situation he puts us in. So we don't want to draw our own conclusions about the situation we find ourselves in. So then we also want to talk about another kind of situation that comes up when we're learning his presence and engaging in these eight steps. And again, it's the the eight steps to engaging the supernatural realm. And this and the reason we're doing this is because as a spirit that has a soul, we have authority in and over the supernatural realm and our soul before it can, or as part of the process of being returned, reunited to spirit, our soul is learning what is going on in the supernatural or the solical realm. You have solical senses just as you have natural senses and you have spiritual senses. So the more we spend, more time we spend with God and allow him to reveal himself and make the changes, the more our soul will begin to function as it was originally intended in connection with spirit. So it will, will begin, the, your solical senses will begin to function and operate. Your solical senses will begin to see not only into the solical realm, but more clearly into the natural and receive more clearly from the spiritual. So it's a, it's a consequence. When you spend time with God, this will happen. An opening of your solical senses will happen. So we want to enjoy the process. We don't want to reject what God is doing. So we want to recognize that there are different kinds of situations he puts us in to stretch us, to teach us about how our soul works. And we again, we were talking about protecting his presence, but also one of the surprisingly uh, helpful um, experiences that you are likely to happen as again you're you're practicing his presence and engaging in the super, learning about the supernatural is something i just call it the unexpected reaction to a situation or person now hopefully what is going to happen is as you think about these particular situations either that situation will come up 
or you will recognize that it has come up in the past and that maybe you didn't know what to do with it. Either way is fine. But one of the things you'll find is that as you make yourself available and do your research, study God, get to know him, spend time with him, he will put you in situations where you can, learn again, learn his ways and learn the ways of your soul. So the Lord doesn't work with us just supernaturally just when we are alone, when we're meditating on him or asking him questions, or even when we're in the presence of others, but, you know, separate from them, Not we're not all, you know, worshiping God or whatever. Another manifestation of the supernatural is an unexpected reaction to a situation or person. Now, this reaction can be negative or positive, alarming or assuring, or even neutral, and just getting your attention to his drawing regarding the situation. So it's just an alert. It's a way of his knocking. And it's unexpected because usually maybe you've been in this situation a bazillion times before and you never had, you were never nervous, you were never concerned about this person, you were never fearful, and all of a sudden you are. That's when you go, okay, Lord, what's going on? And you don't go, okay, it's the person or it's the situation. You always go, Lord, what's going on? For instance, say you are in a meeting at work and you notice you find yourself somehow separate from what is being said in the meeting. For instance, you know, besides falling asleep or daydreaming or just wanting to get out of the meeting, or you're talking on the phone, or you're in your, your class, even just, you know, the day-to-day, day-to-day things like pulling up to a red light, all of a sudden, or maybe not even all of a sudden, but you become aware of, okay, my attention is being drawn to something outside myself. What is that? How do you respond? Approach it the same way as as above, the eight steps. Or you can even shorten it to, you know, whatever works for you. Again, having eight steps is not the, the crucial thing, but turning to the Lord is the crucial thing. Now, you don't need to include everyone involved. Say, again, you're in this meeting. Nobody else needs to know that, okay, something's going on. Some, the Lord's drawing his atten- your attention to him. You don't need to say, can everybody, you know, let's all hold hands. You don't need to make any, you know, all of a sudden start scribbling notes or anything. You don't need to draw attention to yourself at all. Just be, you know, we're learning to be quiet and respond and protect his presence but also recognize, okay, this is not something that usually happens. I'm usually not react, I usually don't react in meetings this way. So ask the Lord what's going on. 
He may want you to tell other people what's going on. There may be a warning involved. There may be an opportunity for, for prophetic utterance or just encouragement has that they might not even, you know, receive us from the Lord. The training here, what God is teaching us, is to learn to be aware of the possibility of his showing up on his terms at any time in any way he may choose. Our response is always to go to him for direction and not rely on our past experiences or even scriptural examples or others' teachings or our own intellect or emotions to figure out what he wants. However he draws our attention to him, we respond and go to him. And we follow the eight steps objectively. And again, they're not magic, but it's a place to start. God is free and welcome to make whatever changes he wants. Because the eight steps are general guidelines to help you get started in practical and objective terms in approaching the simple reality of living in a constant awareness of the presence of God in the supernatural realm. That's where your soul resides. And this is where you'll start to experience the results of the sharpening of your senses during your waiting times. The more you wait, the more your senses are fine-tuned, and the more you will find yourself interacting with full awareness to what the Lord is already and has been already doing in your life in the supernatural realm, in your soul. So take some time, just reflect on maybe situations that you misinterpreted in your life or maybe that are going to go on now or that you're even experiencing right now. Take some time and let the Lord speak to you about maybe sometimes you've missed him. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainer's Radio. Have a great night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.